Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Catlin. And welcome to the How, How to, to Love, Love Me podcast. podcast. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode, guys. Welcome to another episode of How to Love Me, the podcast where we talk about mental health and relationships. Specifically our relationship. Well, I don't know if this one's about relationships per se, more about your own relationship with yourself. Basically, your own relationship with your body. Mm. Specifically your body. Ooh, wait, my body? Well, your body, my body. Everybody's body? Everybody's body. So your body is in the person who's listening. Yes. Not my body. As in the listener's body. Yeah, I didn't want to teach you guys about my body. It does weird things. Oh. Oh. You should get that checked out. Yeah, I know. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Welcome, I guys. digress. <laughs> Welcome to the tangent. Mm, ooh, that should be another segment. <laughs> Welcome the to tangent. the tangent. <laughs> Welcome to the tangent. We like, like tangents. I don't know, man. This fell short. It really did. My apologies. <laughs> Mind you, we already have our like side story segment. It's yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah, we just call it ADHD. But <laughs> I digress. Yes. We're here to talk about something that's very important. We are. So today we are going to chat a little bit about body dysmorphic disorder. <gasps> yes. Yeah, we're uh, we're going in deep today. And it's not even about, you know, body dysmorphia as us. Well, actually, it is specifically about us because we both have our own stories about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, me too. So do you want to do we want to share a little bit about our stories first or do we want to actually, you know what, let's let's give every you want to know what? Let's uh, give everybody an understanding about what body dysmorphia is, and then we can go into sharing our kind of individual stories and then, you know, continue on from there. You are the captain now. Ooh, I get to be the captain today. Ooh. Ooh. You know the way. I know the way. <laughs> on the way. Um, <laughs> so body dysmorphic disorder is a mental health disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. A flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others. But you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you may avoid many social situations. Huh. Interesting. Been Interesting. there, done that? Yep. Yep. Same Wore here. the t-shirt because I didn't want to not wear a t-shirt. Mm. Mm-hmm. Get mm-hmm. it? Instead of have the t-shirt. Yep. <laughs> You're funny today. So anyway. So anyway. Um... Yeah. Okay. So when you have body dysmorphic disorder, you intensely focus on your appearance and body image, repeatedly checking the mirror, grooming, or seeking reassurance, sometimes for many hours each day. Your perceived flaw and the repetitive behaviors cause you significant distress and impact your ability to function in your daily life. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you may actually seek out numerous cosmetic procedures to try to fix, quote unquote, your perceived flaw. Afterward, you may feel temporary satisfaction or a reduction in your distress, but often the anxiety returns and you may resume searching for other ways to, quote unquote, fix your perceived flaw. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I know has been rampant in like for females. I mean, it's been very tough, I think advertising has shown that you know there is an ideal female figure right yeah basically so we actually had a discussion oh yeah we the did. other night 
um, regarding basically the difference between male and female body dysmorphia and just kind of why I felt that females had or females probably suffered from body dysmorphia a lot more than males did, Mm -hmm. basically. And we kind of got into a little bit of a debate, actually. We really did. So, I mean... It all started, it's all started from Kelly's side of the story, of course. Surprise, surprise, I started some shit. Yeah, (laughs) fucking drama. Um, But yeah, I mean, we started talking about it and we realized that, you know, both females and males go through this. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I think it was a little bit of an eye-opener, you know, for me to talk about my struggles. And I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. I've talked about it on other podcasts. It's it's really tough, I mean, as a male to still go for that idolized look at yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, six-pack abs, chiseled chest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically the ultimate male figure. Yeah, big arms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, so basically if you feel like you're falling short of that, then you're going to have some self-esteem issues. Absolutely. And yeah. that's something that I've struggled with as a kid. But I figured we'd start with you. Okay, so we're going to start with me a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so growing up, so actually, um, so I have actually dealt with a little bit of body dysmorphia in actually a couple different ways. So um, growing up, when you look at, you know, growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, I guess, the kind of ideal womanly figure would have been like basically you're more or less like stick thin, right? But you still got to have a booty. You still got to have big boobs. Like I like big butts. And you cannot lie. No. Um, So that's more or less like the ideal female figure. So growing up as a, you know, young woman and you're seeing all of these things in magazines and on TV and you just more or less start to become obsessed with why don't I look like them? So like to give an example, um, I guess growing up, a lot of females would have had, you know, like more or less no hips, right? So like if you're, you know, like a size zero, that's like ultimate, right? You need to be a size zero. So I have very wide set hips, like very wide set hip, wide set hips. And then the rest of my frame is quite small. So I was always very, very insecure about how my figure was because it wasn't a straight figure like I was seeing on, you know, the models on TV or in magazines or in movies or whatever. I didn't look like them. I had a little bit more of like an hourglass shape, but I was still quite thin. Right. So like that was one of my major struggles because I was always trying to hide the fact that I had such wide hips. So whether that be wearing, you know, like baggier shirts or um, for a, well, actually I still wear them every now and then, but like wearing, you know, like higher waisted jeans that yes, they actually kind of accentuate the curves a little bit, but I was just kind of trying to like, kind of try, I don't really know how to explain it. Um, I guess when I started wearing like the high-waisted jeans, that was kind of my way of being like, you know what? I have these wide set hips. Why am I so ashamed of having them? So I'm just going to go with it. But like as a young adult, I 100% was trying to hide them, right? So like um, I guess when I would have been growing up, I was wearing, you know, like a lot of, well, it would have been the style at the time, but like very, very like low-waisted things, like very, very low-cut jeans, that type of stuff where... They never quite fit me properly because I had these, you know, wide hips. So then I would end up almost having like love handles because I'm trying to force myself into something that's made for someone that does not have hips. 
versus I do. Yeah. Right. So you end up trying to like wear these smaller sizes because you're seeing all of these women on TV that are, you know, like a size zero, but you don't fit in a size zero, but you're going to try to force yourself to fit into a size zero. And then you have the love handle. So you're trying to hide those with like sweatshirts or baggier clothes or whatever. And it just ended up being like this huge problem for me. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, I didn't start accepting them until probably about like two or three years ago in all honesty like I have pretty much tried to hide them for the majority of my life and like Hmm. I just turned 30 this year so like literally almost 30 years of trying to hide the fact that like I got wide hips why is that embarrassing like it it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. but to me I felt like that was like the end of the fucking world yeah yeah, I mean, and I kind of went through similar struggles. It wasn't with, per se, like how my body was built. I mean, for boys, it's different, right? It could be guys look for anything to tease another guy about. If you're mm-hmm. hairy or not hairy or you have, you know, you're losing your hair. It's starting to go gray. You know what? All that shit doesn't really matter. But I mean, for me as an individual, my biggest struggle was my weight. I mean, I was a little heavier set, and that was really tough for me. Like, I didn't look like the other guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Mind you, I had a little bit more muscle mass, too. I mean, I just have a different build, mm-hmm. completely different build. So, yeah, it is how my body's built. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't like everybody else's to the point where, you know, I'd go to hawk. I played hockey, and it was tough because, like, you get older, you become a teenager, you start to stink, you want to shower after games but mm-hmm. i did i never wanted to because i was ashamed i was scared of the ridicule right and well and kids could be relentless too right yeah exactly and that's the hard part once you have a nickname on a hockey team you're never getting rid of that nickname mm-hmm. and it takes nothing you know what i mean yeah and you know kids are tough like yeah. you know kids are kids are rough when it comes to nicknames kids can be assholes yeah 100 percent yeah. You know, like I didn't have the general flat chest, which was w- weird. So, you know, it, I didn't, you know, because I didn't have that flat chest, I never wanted to take a shirt off. Like, because mm-hmm. then I get judged by it. And it, it yeah. just, it was that whole connotation. And, you know, one thing that we did talk about the other night, too, is how kind of male figures have changed over the years. Because, like, way back in the day, a guy who was heavier set, a guy with a gut, was a guy who was attractive because he had the money. He had the money to buy all of the food that allowed him to be to, fat. to have this. He gut. could be a glutton. You want to be a glutton? Come on. Mm-hmm. You want to be with me? Yeah, exactly. So at one time, that was the attractive mm-hmm. body, not because of their actual attraction, but what came along with it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, flat stomach, six pack. That's what you get out of that. Chiseled. Yeah, right. I would really love to know like when exactly the progression started between because like if you look at women in, you know, like I'm going to say maybe I don't know, I can't even pick the correct era. But, you know, there was a point in time where it was more attractive for a woman to have some curves. Right. And same thing with men. Yeah. But now going into, you know, like even I'm going to say like 90s, 2000s, it was drastically different you basically wanted to have that you know six-pack abs you know nice chiseled features and then for women you basically had to be stick thin so like i want to know when did that progression happen and how did it happen it had to happen slowly over time but like what changed i think it has to do with society so back in the day it was about 
women having kids, you had to be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. A wide hip woman mm-hmm. can typically birth children without any issue and complications. I don't think medical procedures were at a point where C-sections were a really common thing. Right. So a woman with wide hips meant that she wouldn't have problems and she could birth a child. Mm-hmm. And that was attractive to men. They right. wanted women to have babies. Yeah. Men had to provide for the families. Yeah. Now, I think where it changed is when advertising changed and it mm. went from fully covered to being exposed more. Yeah. So basically like the sexualization. Yeah, exactly. Is basically when it started. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting point. And it does actually make perfect sense when you put it that way. And honestly, I think the root cause war. You're sending guys. Really? Yeah, you're sending guys over to another country. I mean, you've got a, those advertisements of sexy women and everything, things that they're missing from home, right? Mm. That's the other thing. Okay. Right? So advertisements make sense. Sex sells. And I mean, especially for guys who aren't at home and need that release and they're in a war torn country, you know? They don't have those comforts. So by making that the ideal woman, everyone got to see the ideal woman. I think that's like the birth of the porn industry, really, right there. (laughs) So then if that's, man, that's very interesting because just imagine being a woman in that time frame Mm -hmm. and constantly being basically sexualized Mm -hmm. and then growing up with that, right? And growing up with those self-esteem issues because you're seeing... This is what I see on TV. Women are being sexualized. You need to look this way. Otherwise, you're unattractive. And then growing up in that just is going to be a huge blow to the self-esteem if you don't actually look that way. So I think that that's probably where all of this like body dysmorphic disorder actually kind of stemmed from then. Yep. And here's my second point to this. Uh huh. The needs changed for women. They didn't want men that were rich. Because they knew, you know, most of the men were military. Mm -hmm. So they wanted a man who was strong. A man who could go to Mm. war, win the war, and come home. They didn't want to get a weak man who would go there and die. Yeah. So then strength became attractive versus money, basically. Versus money and food. 100%. Because they were military. They were providing. I mean, military typically, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't get paid a lot. I'll be honest. You know, like, they're not super well off. But the consistency is there. And, you know military typically take care of themselves and Mm -hmm. and that's the important part but what i'm saying is that's where i think the mode changed you needed a a provider but you also needed a strong man you needed a man who could go out there win a war and come home and be there for his wife and kids Mm -hmm. and the strong ones were always the ones that returned very interesting point i hadn't actually thought of that before so that's uh that's a little bit of a game changer. Right? Yeah. I mean, that we got to look at society and what people wanted at the time. And then you get to like the 60s and the 70s where it was free love and sex selled. And then mm-hmm. that, that was the big one. That's when you could be sexy and people dress sexy because... Well, they're starting to anyways. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And then look at that progression throughout the years. I mean... Yeah. Throughout the 80s, 90s, 2000s, it just... They realized society realized that sex sells yep. so why not start showing just a little bit more skin a little bit more skin a little bit more skin and then the internet happened and oh now you God. have access yep. to all of it and the problem is is you're not comparing yourself to everybody in your state 
where the advertisements will be printed and, and put out. You're, You're comparing, comparing to everybody in the world. Exactly. And how do you compare to every, like, how can you compete with everyone in the world? Yeah. And whether it be boys or girls, how do you compete with that? Like, how do you, how do you look at that and say, that's not what we want? Mm-hmm. Because nowadays it's both. It's you have to be a provider and you have to be strong. Yep. You know, like there is no, you know, dad bods are, are finally coming back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I will admit the internet is actually embracing dad bod slightly, which is so great for a mm-hmm. guy like me who's yep. got a dad bod and isn't a dad yet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the issue, right? And I grew up with that issue and, you know, that same body dysmorphia that females do. And it just goes to show that it doesn't just affect females, even though that that has been the direct. I mean, I believe you have some statistics on that. I do. However, you have the mouse. So I you got to click us over here. Um, so uh, let me just. OK, so basically this was a study that was done out of 156 students. Fifty seven point one percent were female and a total of seventy eight point eight percent of the students reported dissatisfaction in some aspect of their appearance and five point eight percent met the body dysmorphia criteria. The male to female ratio was one to seven. So basically for every one male that experienced body dysmorphia, there were seven females that experienced it, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like I said before, growing up in the, you know, 90s, 2000s kind of makes perfect sense that it would um, affect a lot more women than men because of how advertisement was. Now, I will say this, though. This was produced in 2008. Yes. So So I'm curious over the last 12 years with Mm -hmm. more progression of the internet where we're Mm -hmm. actually at. Well, and then also now like the body positivity movement is huge now, which is wonderful to see. Like I am freaking all over that. Like, Mm -hmm. man, that is all over my Instagram feed. And this is where this whole conversation started. Yes, it did actually. Yes. I'm all about this movement. I think this movement is very important, but I think what we do have to remember is it's not just a movement for the females. It's Mm -hmm. a movement for the males too. It's a movement for everyone. We have to look at it as a whole. We've got to be able to look at those and know that they're not realistic. I mean, look at how good Photoshop is these days. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders was at our photo shoot. Yeah. Why? Thank, thank Photoshop. you, Photoshop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We yeah. have that. If you, you know, how the number two love me podcast <laughs> on Instagram and Facebook. Shameless plug. Yeah. You know, we have it up there. Bernie's in our background. He's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, cool liter- guy. His literally. Mittens. Bernie he, and his mittens. Yeah. No, exactly. He's literally cool. Literally. 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 Get it? Because we're outside and he's wearing mittens. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So anyways. Um, it's something that men deal with and we got to, we, I just wanted to bring light to that. And I mean, cause I don't disagree. I think the way that it's been sexualized on women and how, I mean, women are supposed to be dirty. Men are supposed to be strong. You know what I mean? Like women are supposed to be dirty. You know what I mean? Like dirty women now and like skinny oh. and like sexy, like mm. that's sexy, dirty. You know what I mean? Dirty, sexy sort of. Okay. Sex- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean now. Mm-hmm. I'm like dirty. Why are we supposed to be dirty? A Shouldn't lady we be in clean? the streets and a freak in the sheets. Uh, yes. Put it in layman's terms. Thank yes. you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry if I mansplained that. You did mansplain a little bit. (laughs) I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like I said, growing up in, you know, 90s, 2000s, I do think that a big part of, you know, all the self-esteem issues and body dysmorphia and everything that has come out over those years probably had a, well, I mean, the, the media probably had a huge impact on 
that in general and just how it even came to light. Yeah. And I mean, the 90s weren't easy for anybody. I mean, look at me. Look at me. (laughs) I do not look like Justin Timberlake. And I never will because he's a gorgeous man. He is a gorgeous man. Right? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. these are the people that even as men, we had to compete with. And the more popularized, you know, like, look at The Rock now. The Rock's like the biggest thing. You know how many years? He just won some sort of award, too. Yeah. You know, and like, look at Ryan Reynolds. Like, these sexiest men of the year are fucking jacked. Well, they're jacked, but... Hugh Jackman. Oh, speaking of jacked. um, But they also do a lot of work... um, in just like society in general though too totally. right they're not just you know like the sexiest man in the world based on looks they're also basing it on personality and their involvement in the world and in charities and that type of stuff too all right? i know is all the sexiest men in the world have six packs ah but that is not the case because um people magazine named blake shelton the sexiest man true a few years ago and blake shelton does not have a six pack true so Sorry, not not to poke a hole in your theory, but that was one. I mean, no offense to Blake Shelton, but that seems a little weird. Well, and that's what everybody <laughs> said, right? There was actually like this huge outcry on the internet because they're just like, how the hell is Blake Shelton the sexiest man in the world? Yeah. But it was more to do with his personality and his impact on, you know, like well, society Adam in general. Won it, so they had to do some. Well, but, <laughs> okay. Another beautiful man. Anyways, it had to do more with his personality and his impact than it did actually how he looked. Okay. Yeah, I respect that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I respect that huge. But I mean, yeah, like it, it's still tough for men. Oh, and it's definitely. tough for women too. But I mean, like, you know, obviously the introduction into plus size models and stuff like that was mm-hmm. a big movement too. And I think that the female females have come to the point where it's been a problem for long enough where you guys have seen it, you guys are fighting it, and you guys are doing amazing things. I don't think there's enough men that are standing up and saying the same thing. I think there's men that are standing up and fighting for female rights, but mm-hmm. or female you know well yeah there's there are a lot of men rights. no yeah. there's a lot of men that have kind of joined like the feminist movement i guess is exactly. probably where you're going with it yeah. um but yeah you're probably right that there isn't enough men that are speaking up about body dysmorphia and just their issues with body image in general yeah exactly like i'm definitely not saying that it's it's should be like i just think that it should be a conversation too oh definitely and i don't disagree with you because i mean like obviously the light has been on women for such a long time but it is very important for people to know that it doesn't just affect women it definitely affects men as well just Mm -hmm. maybe not in the exact same capacity that it affects women totally totally yeah so they're very similar but also very different at the same time So if we just go back to this one right here. Um, So let's actually talk about some of the signs and symptoms of body dysmorphia. Okay. Yeah? Sure. So being extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw and appearance that to others can't be seen or appears minor. So I actually just want to touch on that real quick. Okay. Because, so I mentioned that I have dealt with body dysmorphia with my hips. Mm -hmm. However, there are also other aspects that I've dealt with it that I did not talk about. Okay. So I have been always very, um, frick, what is the word that I'm looking for? Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've always been very, uh, insecure. Sorry. Insecure. That's the word I was looking for about basically like my appendages, right? So like my hands and my feet. 
I've always been so insecure about my hands and my feet. Really? Always. Yeah. Because my hands are like, I have very like skinny fingers. I have very like knobby fingers, very kind of like knobby toes as well. So like, I guess maybe knobby isn't the way to put it. But like, I've always been very insecure about them because I basically like my my grandpa, he had kind of like wonky feet as like a kind of shitty way to put it. But it's like, that's one of, I feel like that's one of the only traits that I actually got from that side of the family. (laughs) I, I don't know. I just like, I have, I have issues with just like my hands and my feet. I don't like people like looking at them. Like there was a point in time where I hated wearing sandals. What? I hated wearing sandals. Seriously? Yeah. Like I would prefer to wear like socks and fucking sneakers in like 30 degree heat because I didn't want to wear sandals because I didn't like the way that my feet looked. Wow. Yeah. So, like, I would actually hide those from people because I was so insecure about the way that they looked. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I mean, obviously, I never really had that much. And might I also point out, I've Mm -hmm. never once looked at your hands or your feet and thought they were weird. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, I actually thought they were completely normal. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I also want to give a little update here. No, I don't. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, that was actually another one that like, like this article says, being extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance that to others can't be seen or appears minor. So that to me was like, I thought that that was a huge flaw in my appearance, right? I thought that I just had like the ugliest hands and the ugliest feet and there was nothing normal about them. Yep. But apparently to Catelyn, he doesn't see that as being a huge flaw. He thinks that there's nothing wrong with them. So like, okay that's something that i've been carrying around for years and years and years and had no idea right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um so another symptom can be a strong belief that you have a defect in your appearance that makes you ugly or deformed yeah 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 oh totally i mean Mm -hmm. that that's what it is i also so while we've kind of been talking i've been kind of like researching for more up-to-date like male to female honestly i didn't realize that that one article was from 2008 so the closest that i can find is like 2016 okay and it's uh 13 in males and 22 percent in females okay so half so Mm -hmm. it's more of like a one to two which is quite crazy Oh, yeah, I guess you would be right. That right? is close to a one to two. Yeah, well, for every 100 females, there's 22 that are have body dysmorphia, and out of 100 males, there's 13. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is re- getting pretty intense. Yeah, it kind of closed the ratio a little bit. Yeah, so. better than one to seven, because I thought that was a little off. But anyway, I took us off subject. You did. Um, okay, so belief that others take special notice of your appearance in a negative way or mock you. Yeah, which is, I mean, I dealt with that in the hockey room, for sure, mm-hmm. like in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you thought about that with your hands and feet. Yep. Because people would mock you. I mean, that's why That's why as kids, we would hide things like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the beach, you know, like I say, I didn't have a flat chest. So I used to walk across the beach, like holding my opposite shoulder. So it covered my chest with my arm and it just kind of made it look normal, you know, tried to make it look as normal and natural as possible. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, it's a habit. You know what? I actually didn't even notice that you did that. Yeah, I know. Right. Wow. Well, I typically don't anymore. I mean, I've been through a huge body positive, you know, Mm -hmm. thing. I mean, 
I have never been under 200 pounds. I mean, when I was, I think, 23, 24, I was over 200 pounds, started going to the gym, still couldn't get under 200, but I was building muscle, and then thought that I would never get there, got depressed, got up to like 250, 260, and now I'm sitting more like 190, 180, mm-hmm. which is, I'm under 200. It, it's a goal for me, and I, yeah. it's a lot of confidence back in Ooh, me. Oh, I remember... The day that you stepped on the scale and you were under 200. Yeah. You, frick, you just lit up Mm -hmm. that day. You're like, you know what? It has been so many years since I saw a number under 200. You're like, I never want to see that number again. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been uh, staying pretty true to yourself with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Our scale's dead, but. No, it isn't. Oh, never mind then. It's just in the other bathroom. Yeah, I tried it and it was dead. Oh. Yeah. So anyway. Okay, maybe it died in the move. So anyways. Um, engaging in behaviors aimed at fixing or hiding the perceived flaw that are difficult to resist to control, such as frequently checking the mirror, grooming, or skin picking. Skin picking, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yep. Mainly because I had, I still have acne, but I had mm-hmm. it really bad. Like, I would get, you know, 10 to 14 whiteheads a day. Yeah, which a, a that's freaking crazy. That's to me. morning and night. Like, it, like in between school, I'd come home and have another five or six. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I went on some medication for it. It's gotten a lot better. But I mean, even thirty-four years old, I still get pimples like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you don't really get them. I don't think that you get them too, too bad. You can definitely tell when you have higher stress in your life. You tend to break out more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also skincare regimens and stuff like that. In yeah. my 30s, I've kind of figured some stuff out. So yeah, well, and I mean, having to wear a mask right now too also does not help. Yeah, with like, that either. And a couple you're getting weeks, that constant like irritation. The mask knee. Yes, no, the mask knee. Yeah, yeah, seriously, like I had a bad breakout on my nose, and it was embarrassing to even go to work. Mm-hmm. Like. Because it was just like I had big scabs on my nose. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, how do I hide that? Because it's on my nose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can't. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know what? I, I do want to touch on that one, too, because <laughs> let's just pile on to the things that I've been super insecure about. Um, so when I was growing up, I actually had like the the top half of my arms from about my elbow all the way up to my shoulder. We're just like super, super like rough and bumpy. No idea what it was. My mom, like I talked to my mom about it. She actually had the same thing when she was growing up and she just kind of grew out with it, grew out of it. Hmm. And she was always just telling me like, oh, we'll just like exfoliate and everything and it'll just get better. So like as a kid, I was super insecure about it because like, I mean, I knew one other person that I was close with that dealt with that. And that was it. It was just me and her. Yeah. So like being in school and like being insecure about how your arms and everything look. I remember I used to take my loofah when I was in the shower and my mom always said, well, just exfoliate. I wouldn't just like gently, you know, like nicely rub my loofah over my arm. I would straight up like attack my arm and like scrub as hard as I possibly fucking could to try to get these bumps to just go away. And that actually made it worse. So then I ended up starting, you know, skin picking. Right. So I'd like pick at them and like try to get them to go away. So like now I still get like the odd bump every now and then like here and there but I don't know what it did it's finally just started clearing up over the last few years but like that was one thing that I was also super insecure about and I did have the skin picking yeah 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 definitely that's tough mm-hmm. so okay moving on attempting to hide perceived flaws with styling makeup or clothes wearing yeah. bagging clothes we, I mean we both did it mm-hmm. it's a pretty common one obviously wearing a bunch of makeup Yep. Stuff like that. Which I've never really been 
one to wear a whole lot of makeup. Yeah. But, um, constantly cons- comparing your appearance with others, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. which advertisements we've talked about it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, having perfectionist tendencies. Hmm. Oh, sorry. I skipped over one, but I was going to ignore it and actually read it next and pretend like it never happened. Well, but thanks I'm, for admitting just, to your flaws. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with everybody. I fucked up. Uh, um, but yeah, having perfectionist tendencies, that's something that both of us deal with. Yeah. Both of us can be very much perfectionists. Totally. Totally. I mean, like, you know, especially with hair and stuff. I mean, I always did my hair every day when I went to school. So mm-hmm. now I mostly wear a hat. Well, and I'm a huge perfectionist when it comes to my hair. Oh, yeah. But like, you oh love my... your hair. It's more of a I do. passion. Well, I've, I've learned to love it now. But like, even if we look at before we came downstairs to come and record these podcasts, like we have video now, right? So I wanted to go and have a shower first and make sure that my you know, hair wasn't crazy and frizzy like it was this morning and actually try to tame it and everything because I wanted to show up on this video as being perfect. P.S. guys, we have video now. If you haven't known this, <laughs> welcome to the video. Well, or if you're only listening to this. We have video now. We're working on it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We'll figure out where we're going to put it, but we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next, actually, let's backtrack to the one I skipped. Uh, frequently seeking reassurance about your appearance from others. Oh my god, am I pretty? Does this make me look fat? Oh my god, does my hair look like a whore's hair? You know what? That, you wanna know what? Wanna what? That is actually not one that I really did a whole lot of. Yeah, you still don't, which is great, but I mean, I, I don't really tend to fish for a whole lot of compliments mm-hmm. or anything. Honestly, compliments make me uncomfortable. Yep. And then we start getting to the extremes after that from mm-hmm. seeking cosmetic procedures with little satisfaction. And avoiding social situations. Which, I mean, that, that's obvious. I mean, I've done it, you know, going to the beach, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. I tried to, do, tried to avoid it as much as possible because yeah. I wasn't happy with my parents. Mm-hmm. Which, you know what, even... I want to say it was probably actually I think it was maybe about a month ago because we had already been living here but I had mentioned like oh I'm looking forward to the summer because like we can go to the beach and you're like eh, I'm not really a big beach guy yeah but like this kind of makes sense now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I get it now yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean we got a family vacation coming up and I'm still nervous about it I got some mm-hmm. anxiety about it because yep. we got a pool yep but those are we things sure I'm do. working through Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Little by little. I know, right? Yeah, just plug away at it. We'll yep. get there. And the worst part about it is even as a guy, I don't compare myself to, you know, maybe advertisements and stuff like that. I compare myself to the guy standing next to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got some good looking brother-in-laws. They're hard to compete with. I do. I know, right? Yeah. Just saying. You got a good looking family. I know, right? It's really tough. <laughs> it's really tough to be the new guy in all this and be like, oh shit. All right. Gotta get into shape. This is what we're working with. These guys are both no, dads, honey. and I'm the only one with a dad bod. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, but you know what? Does it look like I care? No, I know. You, like, I know. Honestly, honey, your dad bod, for lack of a better way of putting it, does not affect me in the slightest. I'm still attracted to you regardless of it. It does not, it does not even factor into my attraction level with you. Well. Like, I'm attracted to you for so many other ways. Like it. Well, don't I feel like an idiot now? So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Yeah, body dysmorphia. It's real. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, guys go through it, girls go through it. I mean, we've talked about our struggle. I'm sure everybody else has a struggle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truth be told, you know, we got to put that on our Instagram. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put out a poll. Yep. And see, you know, just, you know, have you have our listeners dealt with body dysmorphia mm-hmm. or do they know someone who's dealt with body dysmorphia? How yeah. I want to know just kind of like how common it actually is. Yeah. Because I think everybody's dealt with it at some point, mm-hmm. whether it be advertisements or even, like I say, your sister, your brother, your best friend, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, everybody's going to steal or deal with some sort of self-esteem issues at some point in their life. But, I mean, when it actually gets to the extreme of, you know, actually hiding parts about yourself because you're embarrassed of them, like, I think that's just a whole other level. It definitely needs to get talked about a little bit more than it has been. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that covers it, really. Yeah. Like, bef- you know, without going into too much depth and, you know, like over-explaining mm-hmm. really what it is, it, it is a struggle and it's something that we got to be aware of and talk about. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Just spread awareness. Exactly. Spread awareness and talk about it. That's the biggest thing, guys. If you can do that, you can make people like me feel more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, well, and people uh, like me feel more comfortable. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, segments. Let's do it. It's that time. It is we that gotta know. time. I think the kids these days are obvious. I mean, the one thing I will say is I think kids are going to be better off because <clears throat> movie stars and everything, they're always typically, you know, really good looking guys and, and women. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like TikTok, Instagram reels and YouTube have made more average looking guys famous, mm-hmm. which is, I think, been great. You know what I mean? Like, there's a channel I watch, Cletus McFarlane. I'm sure if you're a car guy, you watch it. He He's literally got... He's like the most redneck looking guy. Yeah, but he, he talks about, you know, having dad bods. and Nitrous and dad bods, I think, was one of the biggest telling t-shirt he's ever put out. <laughs> Nitrous and dad bods. Oh, you know what I mean? Great. Like, that's what it's about. And just bringing reality to it that, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. And you know, actually, one thing that I do want to say about celebs now and like body dysmorphia and body image is I actually remember watching this one clip on YouTube of Zach Efron on Ellen. Oh, Zach. And they, it was when he, it was like shortly after Baywatch was released, mm-hmm. right? So, like, obviously, in order to get in shape for that movie, like, all of them were working out like freaking crazy. Like, oh, yeah. Ridiculous amounts of you know, exercise. And I remember that on this Ellen show, they actually unveiled this wax figure of Zac Efron with his like Baywatch body. Right. And I remember he actually got so embarrassed and actually started kind of like covering it up. And he's like, you know, I just want to tell everybody this is not realistic. These are very unrealistic expectations for you to have on how your body should look. And he's like, I worked out for so many hours every single day to look like this. And this is not realistic in the slightest. Yeah. So like the fact that celebrities now are actually going out and saying you do not need to look like this, like that in itself is fucking empowering to oh, hear. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. So that was just like my little side story, little tangent that I wanted to go on. But uh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Hey, guess what, guys? I actually did another segment because that was oh, a side story. <laughs> no, that was actually a kids these days. But well, with it, the side it started story, as, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Um, hey, do you 
did you have more to your kids these days? Because I also have another one. No, go for it. Um, so another kids these days. It's actually I'm going to say just how important it is for kids these days to actually be careful with what they are choosing to see on their social media feeds. Right. Because it's so easy on social media to go down that rabbit hole of seeing all of these people who are showing up to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get those unrealistic expectations of yourself when you're surrounding yourself on your feed with seeing all these people who just look the way that they do. Right. But I think it's very important to actually kind of mix in some, some regular people in there. Right. Oh yeah. Some people who are showing up real and raw and authentic and showing their imperfect days versus when they're just, you know, showing their vacation reel, mm-hmm. basically, you know. So I think that's just one thing that's super important is just monitor what you're actually looking at on social media. Absolutely. And I mean, this goes right into my just a tip with cat. Ooh, okay. YouTube is not a bad thing, guys. I mean, YouTube, TikTok, TikTok's can get kind of stupid. But I mean, like I say, it's about taking the normal people and making them the famous ones. Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, you watch the Avengers, you're like, man, like, I'm not built like Iron Man. I wish I was Jack like the Hulk or Thor, you know? Jack like the Hulk. <laughs> well, I mean, he's jacked. I suppose he's saying. also like huge and green, but. You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. for some, for Sorry, a lot of people. Sorry not to discriminate against green people. I mean, even Hawkeye is fucking jacked, mm-hmm. right? Like, yep. let's go. Like, I all mean, no one looks like Chris Evans. Like, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. obviously Captain America's jacked. Well, yeah, but sorry. Yeah. Continue with your point. Even Vision, the freaking robots jacked. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, guys. Even the robots jacked in this. <laughs> Ultron, he was jacked. That thing had a six pack, I'm pretty sure. Like, he had the, the physical form of a jacked man. Mm-hmm. And he was a freaking robot. That's all I'm saying. Maybe just dial her back on the Avengers and, you know, put on some YouTube. Yep. Just just throw watch some regular people. Watch every regular now and then. people, whether it be stupid things or not. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. Throw in the odd regular Joe. A little dose of reality. Exactly. Everybody needs it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of prefer myself to watch YouTube over you know a lot of other things. You do. You yeah. love your YouTube. You I go really down do. those YouTube rabbit holes. I also watch a lot of outdoor shows and <laughs> like, I mean. Oh my God! Some of the some of the outdoorsy men on these shows. Yeah. 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 Well, not even the men, just like the people in general. Some on these people shows. used to call me a hippie. I just tell them I'm a well-groomed mountain man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's my favorite. I know. But oh, anyway, guys, so, great. so that's just a tip. Mm-hmm. Switch up a little, like you say, with with the Instagram and everything. Mm-hmm. Do it with your TV. Do it with your advertisements. I mean, don't be afraid. Yeah, just be very mindful of what you're actually seeing on your feed. Mm-hmm. And if if you realize that it's actually starting to affect you and how you're feeling about yourself, it might be time to kind of change it up a little bit. Totally. I mean, I know that that's something that I had to do. Yeah. Like I was following a ton of celebrity accounts and it was making me feel like shit about how I looked mm-hmm. and how I perceived myself. So I started following a lot of like body positivity, mental health stuff and like look where it's gotten us. Oh, absolutely. So... Now I want to get into the why I love you. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty obvious. We love each other because of how we see each other. We don't see each other for our our flaws or anything. You know, like, I had no idea you had an issue with your hands and feet until mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So that's something that's new. And, you know, the fact is, no matter what, and I think this is the why we love each other, is just the fact that we can look past that. Mm-hmm. And we don't care about that. No, we don't. 
we don't see them as flaws. It's just you're human. No, exactly. And, you know, I another reason why I love you, and oh. I think it goes for both of us again, because, I, you know, in my opinion, we've both become more attractive people in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do, like, I'm in better shape. I'm continually getting in better shape. Even though I'm not forcing, I'm not doing it for any reason, but just general health. And mm-hmm. you're doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the right purposes. But I'm going to the gym less. I'm lifting less weight. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like I'm not trying to power lift and be this crazy jacked guy. I'm just mm-hmm. living my life, and I'm happier and feel better, and I'm more attractive. And I think the same goes for you. Like mm-hmm. you know, letting your curls come out and just being you, and mm-hmm. like. We both find that our old clothes aren't fitting anymore because they're too baggy. They're too big now, yeah. And it's not like we go to the gym. We enjoy no, a just, bag of chips. Like, yeah, I'm exactly. not going to lie. Like, how many times have we said this? We got bodies by Ruffles. Yeah, like, exactly. And I, I'm pretty sure that Ruffles is only a Canadian brand. So any of you Americans that are listening, it's a chip. It's a chip. It's a chip. It's a wavy cut chip. It's delicious. And they're delicious. Yep. All yep. dressed. Ooh, so Which good. is also, only also a Canadian, Canadian flavor. Or ketchup. Or ketchup. That's Another also Canadian, Canadian thing. Yeah. 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 We got the best snacks here. Yeah. No offense. Um, <laughs> no, but anyways, like I, I totally agree with you. I do think that because both of us now are living a little bit more, like we're being more true to ourselves now, mm-hmm. right? Over the last few years. Yeah. Like we've really kind of found out who we actually are and we're being more authentic and we're showing up more authentic. And I think that's just translating into how we're actually feeling about ourselves and how we actually look and how we perceive ourselves. Yeah. And now, of course, now that we have video, I, we can say this directly to the people. Oh, what are we saying? Like staring at the camera? 100%. We have grown as people because we are in love with ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you love yourself you will become more glowing. Mm-hmm. Your skin will look better. Your hair will have more color. Your life will be more enriched. You'll have an aura about yourself. Mm-hmm. So before anything else, you've got to love yourself and stop dissing yourself. Yeah. You've got to live your life for you and you've got to love yourself. Just like we love each other, we have to love ourselves. Exactly. And that's truly what will make you the happiest. Exactly. Once you finally accept yourself for who you are and you can actually show up as being your truest version of that self, everything else just seems to kind of fall into place. Yep. Honestly. Exactly. Yeah. So, guys, if you guys want to see dad bods and curly hair, how? The number two <laughs> Love Me podcast. <laughs> On Facebook, Instagram. And at gmail.com. Sorry, I jumped the gun on that one. I got too excited. You did, because I I really set that up really well. You did, and I apologize for ruining it. (laughs) We had, it was going to be so great. Like, that would have been our, like, clip that we use every time moving forward. And not anymore. No, I had other plans. This is why we can't have nice things. It's it's okay. It is okay. We do it every time anyways. Yep. Totally. There's next time. With that, guys. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. I think I think it's best. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening. We love you. And 